Been a good Christmas season. You know, Christmas is upon us soon, right? Guys, Christmas is upon, just in case you didn't get, get the memo and haven't got all your gifts and that kind of thing, Christmas is upon us soon. And uh, we're very excited uh, to celebrate with our series, uh, Christmas series this year, Some Assembly Required. And so this morning we're going to continue with that series, Some Assembly Required, and we've been talking about, from God's Word, we've been talking about how our lives need some assembly. And uh, we've talked about how on Christmas morning, many of the parents in this room maybe understand the agony of seeing that little symbol on something, some assembly required. Pastor Chad, uh, he talked about the importance of reading the instructions last week and how it can actually uh, help you not end up in difficulty down the road. And there's great benefits to reading the instructions, the Word of God in our lives. But there is one more sign this morning that can be really tough, especially on kids on Christmas morning. Now, I grew up when electronic toys were just coming out, okay? I know some of you played with the non-electronic toys, you know, and and that, and and there are other people in the room that kids, they don't even know what a toy is unless it's electronic in some way. So, but I kind of grew up on the verge of both of those worlds. And uh, I remember when, if you got an electronic toy on Christmas morning, uh, that was pretty special. That was pretty incredible. If it had buttons where sirens went and all of those kind of things, or it moved on its own, or you could control it like a a remote control car or something like that. But you would be all excited when you would open up the package, and there was no greater letdown down, then on Christmas morning, you would get one of these toys, and you would click the button, or you would move the car, and it wouldn't move. There was nothing that would happen, and you read the dreaded words on top of the box, batteries not included. Ever been there before? Batteries not included? And I mean, I grew up in the day and age when you didn't have, holiday wasn't open on Christmas. Come and go was nothing was open on Christmas. Nothing. I mean, nothing was open on Christmas Day. So if you got batteries not included, I mean, you became a thief for the first time in your life. You scoured the house. You would run to the neighbor's house if necessary. If you got a cool toy that couldn't be used and, and you would scour the house. How many ever robbed the smoke alarm for a, for a battery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoke alarms, uh, remote controls, uh, whatever you could find like for television, those kind of things. Uh, you know, smoke alarm, remote control, uh, what, whatever it was. Uh, you could find a grandma's hearing aid batteries, whatever you needed. It didn't matter. You were just trying to find any batteries you possibly could because you just got a ghetto blaster that fits on your shoulder, and it takes 40D batteries when I was growing up. And you wanted that music on Christmas morning, and nothing was open. Batteries not included. Those toys were wonderful gifts, but without batteries, they were powerless. Without batteries, they didn't function to their full capacity. I want you guys to understand that did you know that there are a lot of Christians that walk around today that would consider themselves Christians that would be people that would say, well, I go to church. I go to church maybe around the Christmas season or I even go to church on Sunday to Sunday. I'm there. But you know what? They're not living at the full capacity that they actually could be. They're not living to their full function Guys, I want to look together through a a large portion of different scriptures today, and I want to talk about, are the batteries included in your life right now? Do you have the full capacity of the Holy Spirit vibrantly living in your life? 
And today as we look to God's word, I would ask that you would open your hearts today and be just really open to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. You know, I was talking to my pastoral friend, uh, Kevin Anderson, who lives in Devil's Lake. He's a pastor over there, and, and we pray each Sunday morning together. And, he, and one of his prayers for our church this morning, I pray for his church and he prays for ours. He said, God, ha- have Watford City Assembly of God lift the sails this morning and allow the wind of the Holy Spirit to direct them where they're supposed to go. So I'd ask that you would just be open to God's word today and lift the sails. Lift the sails and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart in a new, fresh way today. Let's look to God's word. First verse that we're going to be looking at is found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It's actually a very common Christmas passage in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 23. If you take your Bibles and turn there with me. It reads this way from the New Living Translation. It'll be up on the screen. Verse 18. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to marry, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was, was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The prophetic name that was given to Jesus here through this angel, he said, they will give him the name Emmanuel, or give him the name Jesus, which was Yeshua, which meant the Lord saves Give him the name Jesus, but he will be declared as Emmanuel. God is with us. Jesus came to this earth. Jesus Christ came to this earth. God came and put on flesh and he drew human breath and he felt human pain and he cried human tears and he experienced great joys as well as great sorrows and he experienced relationship with mankind, with us. But Jesus knew that when he came to this earth, he was but one man. One man for a purpose, to die on the cross for all mankind. But he knew that for God to influence or for God to transfer his influence in a powerful way across the entire world, it was going to have to be in a different form than just one man. One man, Jesus. It was going to have to take a different shape, maybe. And he shares with his disciples, actually, Jesus grows, lives a sinless life. And just before he's heading to the cross, Jesus goes to his disciples and he says, I have to tell you something. This is very important. So take your Bibles and we're going to go to that statement that Jesus makes here in John chapter 16, verses 5 through 7. 
So Jesus has walked with his disciples. He's talked with his disciples. He has been Emmanuel, God with each of us. He has been Emmanuel side by side with his disciples. And then in this moment, just hours before going to the cross here, he makes this statement to his disciples. He says this in John chapter 16, verse 5. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. And not one of you is asking where I am going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. The disciples were sad after Jesus was explaining that he would be leaving them. And he makes this statement that kind of blows their mind. He says, but the fact is, basically, it is best that I go from you. It's actually better that I go from you. Emmanuel, God with us, it's better that I go away? How could that possibly be? Jesus, we we love to to be with you and, and right close to you. God with us, it's so great to have you by our side. And he says, you know what, it's better. It's better if I go away. The disciples were sad that Jesus was leaving them. Jesus was the Messiah. They believed God in flesh. God with us. It's better. It's best if I leave. How could that possibly be better? How could it be better if we can't touch him, if we can't see him, if we can't talk to him any longer? But Jesus says, when I go, I'm going to send someone to you. His name is the Advocate. The Greek word paraclete. It means I'm going to send someone to stand alongside you. Other translations say the comforter. I'm going to send you the comforter. Jesus was trying to explain the concept to his disciples that was so foreign to them that that they couldn't figure out how it could be good or even better for someone else to come in Jesus' place. But Jesus understood that as a man, he could only be at one place at one time. But he said, if I send the comforter, the Holy Spirit... It's going to be drastically different and it's going to change the whole face of the earth. People's lives will be transformed forever. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? That the Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. If you have surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and asked Him to be your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. No longer, Jesus said, it's going to be better. I am Emmanuel, God with us. But now, when I send the Holy Spirit, He is going to dwell inside of you. Each of you. He's going to be there, the comforter, the paraclete, the advocate, the one that will be close and never leave. As a Christian, each of us carries the Holy Spirit inside of us. And the Holy Spirit plays a vibrant role. Not only does the Holy Spirit convict of sin, many times he comforts us in difficult times of trouble, but the Holy Spirit also is the empowerment for Christian living. It's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that causes us to live in a way that Jesus lived. It's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that makes Christmas not just about toys or Santa or or just about all of the things that the world would try and use to commercialize it. It's about the fact that Jesus Christ came to this earth, the gift from God, Emmanuel, God with us. 
And then Jesus says that it is better if the Holy Spirit comes. After Jesus dies on the cross, so he tells his, tells his disciples that, you know what, in this moment it's better for the, for the Holy Spirit to come. And Jesus dies, then he goes to the grave, and then he raises again. And during that time, before Jesus ascends into heaven, Jesus gives some instructions for his disciples in that, in that window. So if you take your Bibles and flip over a few more pages to Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. Jesus says to his disciples, if I go, it's better for me because someone is going to come. And then Jesus explains about what the Holy Spirit does in the life of the believer. In Acts chapter 1, verse 6 through 11, it says this. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore the kingdom? You see, all of the people were waiting for the Messiah because they believed that the Messiah was going to be this, this fighting king that would destroy the Roman rule so that they could be free and they could serve God in freedom. But the reality of it is they had a warped view of what the Messiah was going to be, what Jesus was going to be. And they thought, Jesus is the perfect Messiah. He, he rises from the dead whenever he dies. Basically, you know, he can never be conquered in battle. We think about Jesus, he could supply free lunch. Remember the day he had five loaves and two fish? And he could supply food for 5,000. I mean, this is the perfect king. Jesus, now that you're alive after dying and raising from the grave, now is it the time to restore the kingdom of God to Israel? Is it time? Is it time to, for all of this, and Jesus replies this way. He replies to them in verse 7. The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But, but, he says in verse 8, he says, but, there's something special coming that you have to understand. Let's read this. He says, it's not going to happen. It's not the time. But, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Verse 9, after saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, two white-robed men suddenly stood among them. Men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here standing or staring into heaven? Jesus has been taken away into heaven, but someday he will return from heaven in the same way that you saw him go. The last words that Jesus says to his disciples here is he says, listen, guys, it's not going to happen the way that you think it's going to happen. It's not going to look like the way that you think it's going to look like. But I want you to understand that there is someone coming. It's better that I go. It's better that I go because when I come, when I send the one, the comforter, the advocate, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be powerful witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Basically, he's saying when the empowerment of the Holy Spirit Spirit comes on you, you will be a, a powerful witnessing tool both locally and globally. That the world is going to be different because of the power of the Holy Spirit that is evident 
in your life. Flip over one more page to Acts chapter 2. Let's read through what this looks like. On Acts chapter 2, when it happens. Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like tongues of fire or flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. In that moment, I imagine their sails were high. (laughs) And they were waiting and God came in like a mighty rushing wind. You see, guys, God poured out into their lives fresh fire of the Holy Spirit, it says here. It was a new power that they had never experienced before. Peter, if we remember his life beforehand, he had just denied Jesus Christ to just a small group of people around a bonfire. When Jesus was being crucified, they said, hey, weren't you one of the disciples? He said, no, no, he denied Jesus. He denied Jesus. And then at that time, after Jesus died and even ascended, a lot of time, Peter, his life was spent in hiding from that moment forward. And Jesus said, go to Jerusalem and you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. In that moment, he was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and he stood up on that day and he preached a message. And you can read it in Acts chapter 2 this afternoon, but he preached this powerful message of conviction to the people there and he shared with them and over 3,000 people surrendered their life to Jesus Christ in one moment. The power of the Holy Spirit and how his life was drastically different from one moment to the next. The infilling and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Guys, this power that we're talking about, the power of the Holy Spirit, is life transformational. It is the power needed for every Christian in order to make a true, lasting impact on this world. Did you hear what I just said? The power of the Holy Spirit is necessary in order for us to make a true, lasting impact on the world around us. Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Basically, I believe the Holy Spirit would say to us today, be filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can be in Watford City and Grassy Butte and, and, and stretch out across North Dakota and from there going uh, all across the nation of America where many of you are from and all of us have filtered in from different places across America and ultimately going to the ends of the earth, do you realize that America is the greatest sending, uh, the, the greatest sending um, unit, I want to say it's not the right term, but the, the, the greatest amount of missionaries are sent from America across the entire globe. We're the greatest sending agency, if you want to call it that. That God wants to do something special, I believe, guys, in each of our lives. That, that, that our lives would not just be the toy that, that doesn't have any batteries in it. Yeah, it's cool to look at and we can run it by hand. But the bottom line is this, is we're not functioning at full capacity. But when we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit flowing in and through our lives, that we could be far more effective as witnesses for Jesus Christ, especially in this Christmas season when the door is wide open to share with others the good news that Jesus Christ is born. Guys, in in the book of Acts here, it talks about the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And the last scripture I want to share with you guys is found in Ephesians chapter 5. Before we head into our time of worship, 
And I want to look at one specific Greek word in this portion of Scripture that's very, very vital. And I know that normally I wouldn't take this chance. I wouldn't start talking Greek this far into a message because I'd lose you all. But I'm hoping this morning that you could somehow just sit up and get ready and say, okay, this is the, so this is the best part. I've saved it till now, okay? This is like Christmas morning. I'm giving you the package. You've waited this long. So don't fall asleep on me now, okay? We're just going to, we're, we're ready to go, all right? We've got to this point. You've got to catch this. This is super important. In Ephesians 5, 18 through 20, it says this, and I want us to pull one word out of this whole passage. It says in verse 18, don't be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life. Instead, and this is the word I want you to catch, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord with your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This word be filled is a special Greek word. It's an incredible, in fact, and if I can give you, I'm going to give you a study in, in quick study in Greek, crash course here. Every Greek verb has three components to it. It has the mood, the tense, and the voice. The mood, the tense, and the voice. This Greek word, this Greek verb here. And this is what I, the reason why we delve into this and we look so deeply at the original language is this is that we can determine the intent of the writers of Scripture if we can determine how they use this Greek verb in the passage here. And the, the Greek verb has a mood, a tense, a voice. I want you to track with me, so why don't you say that? Mood, tense, voice. Let's say it one more time. Mood, tense, voice. First thing we're going to look at is the mood. David, do you have that? The mood is this. It's in the imperative mood, this Greek verb. The imperative mood, mood means be filled. It's imperative. You have to do this. It is so, it's like an exclamation point. When something, a Greek verb is an imperative, it means, it doesn't mean please shut the door. It means shut the door. That's, that's the difference. Do you see what that is? The difference there? You could say shut the door or shut the door. Like shut the door, there's a draft getting in. Shut the door, there's a monster getting in. You know, like it's different. And that's what this Greek word is here. It's imperative. It says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to a ruined life, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. But then we look at, we see the, the mood of it is imperative. The second thing is the tense in which it is. It's in the present tense in the Greek language. And what does that mean? It means this. It is in the present, which means it is now and ongoing into the future. Now and ongoing into the future. So what this Greek word means is be filled imperatively as well as both now and continuously into the future. So it's not just a one-time event. It's not just something that happens. But Paul is saying, listen, I want you to be filled. This is imperative that you are doing this. And it needs to be a continuous, ongoing event in your life. Continually being filled, being filled, being filled, being filled. An ongoing action. And then the last one is really cool. So we had mood, we had tense, and we had voice. 
The last one, the voice here is in the passive voice. So what does that mean? It means that the ongoing action into the future is passive. What that means is that it, it really is saying, let yourself be filled. Let yourself, allow yourself be filled. You're not the one that can do this. You're not the one that can get so amped up and get excited. I'm going to be filled, I'm going to be filled, I'm going to be filled. It's the Holy Spirit's work to do it in your life. But God says it's imperative that you would be filled both now and continuously in your life, but I'm the one that does the filling. Okay? So all we need to do is we just need to be available to the filling, right? That we would say, God, I understand that it's imperative that I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I know that it's something that is continuous in my life. It needs to be happening all the time. And then lastly, I, I can't make this happen in my life. I'm just going to be open. God, I just want you. I'm just the sail. That's all I am. You're the wind. You're the one that moves me. You're the one that that comes into my life and changes it. So Paul is saying, listen, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to a, a ruined life, but instead, be filled. Be continuously filled. Allow the Holy Spirit, let yourself be filled. Allow yourself to continually be filled by the Holy Spirit. All of that to say is that God desires to fill each person to full capacity this morning with the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit to be a wonderful witness to all of the people that you come in contact with. But you know what? I don't know about you, but if I had this, this, this jug here and I poked a bunch of holes in it, all the water would leak out of it. But there is a way that I could keep it full. Anyone want to know how? Keep pouring. You know what? Billy Sunday as well as D.L. Moody said, the only way that you can keep a cracked vessel full is to keep it under the tap. You know what? I don't know where you're at today in your spiritual life. Maybe you're feeling very dry. Maybe you're feeling very separated from God during this season. I don't know. I'm not sure where you're at. Maybe you could look back in your life and you'd say, you know what? There was a time in my life where I was passionate about Jesus, where I was really hungry for the things of God. And and for some reason, I've just leaked out. Can I tell you something this morning? We all leak. Every person in this room is a broken and cracked vessel that as God pours into our lives, why is it that we can go and have a powerful experience somewhere? Maybe go to a conference. Maybe we have an incredible uh, church service or revival services and we go and then two months later, all of a sudden we feel, we don't sense God in that close way anymore. We don't understand what it is, but we remember back, man, God felt so close. God felt so near. It felt like I had the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit in my life. And it's like we just leak. We leak. It's just who we are. It's just the way that our flesh is and we leak. And here's the thing, guys. You have to understand, that was why Paul said, this is imperative. Shut the door. This is imperative. Be filled. 
Be continually filled. Be ongoingly filled with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis. The only way to keep a cracked vessel full is to keep it continuously under the tap. Can we have the worship team come forward at this time? Guys, this morning, I believe that God wants to refill our hearts today. You know what? How many in the room would be honest enough to say, you know what, Pastor Sheldon? I could really use a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Is there anyone here? Yeah, quite a few, quite a few. I could use a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit today. Guys, I don't know exactly how that's going to look in this morning's service. I didn't have direction as far as just saying, well, this is what we're going to do. But I, do, I did sense, I said, guys, if we could take the last worship portion of our service today... And you know what? If we could just come and begin to worship the Lord together. Do you remember the, the verse? It says that, that in that verse, it says, Be filled with the Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your heart. That's kind of like Paul was saying, giving direction. This is how you're filled with the Spirit. Allow God to just pour into your life today. So I don't know where you're at this morning, but I'd like us to, to, to really press in with the Holy Spirit today and allow God, would you be willing to lift your sails today? Would you be willing to just say, you know what, God, I'm just feeling dry, I'm feeling empty, and I want a refilling of your Holy Spirit this morning. Could I ask something of you guys this morning? Could we stand to our feet? And just quietly, I'm gonna pray. And we're just going to allow the the worship team to begin to worship. And this morning, I don't know what you are carrying this morning. I don't know what you're carrying to this service this morning. I don't know what level of dryness you're sensing today. I don't know if you have been in the desert for a long, long time. But this morning, you're just sitting here and you're saying, you know what, God? I could really use a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. I could really use a touch from you. You know what? All God is asking that we would be available. Be filled. Be filled. Be continuously filled. And allow God to fill you. Would you just, maybe in the moments as we begin to worship the Lord, there would just be a time when the worship team would begin to play and we would just allow just the music and in that moment you would begin to reach out to God in a special way. You would close your eyes. Maybe some of you, it's been a long time since you have raised your hands in surrender to the Lord. But by doing that today, you would raise your hands and you would say, God, I am available for you to fill me this morning. Would you be available to him today? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, right now we ask, Lord, that you would begin to do something special in this room, much like you did on the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts. That, God, you would come and sweep down across this entire congregation today, Lord Jesus. That, God, people would sense the power and the physical manifestation of God in a new, fresh way. God, there is nothing that we can do. We simply just allow ourselves this morning to receive all that you have for us. So God, right now we are in a place of surrender. We are in a place of worship. And God, we ask that you would pour out into us in a new, fresh, and powerful way. And we pray these things in Jesus' powerful name. Let's worship together, guys.
Guys, last night as we were praying with our prayer team last night, someone prayed uh, and they began to pray out and ask God to begin to touch people and fill them with the Holy Spirit. And as they were praying, they said, God, many times there are people that, that are so full of other things that the Holy Spirit is unable to fill them. No, I don't know where you're at this morning. You know what? I fought it all the way. I was sitting in the front row. I go, God, I don't want to go back up there. I don't want to do this. And the Holy Spirit just kept saying, Sheldon, there are people that I want to fill this morning in a powerful way that they've never sensed me in this way before. I want to fill them, but there is so much stuff already in their bottle. They've filled it up with all of the different things that they've consumed their life with. And you know what? I don't know what you have this morning that is filling your bottle, that is filling your life right now, but God is asking that you would empty that out. And when, when we continue to worship with either the next song or however the Holy Spirit continues to lead, I would ask that, that you would, maybe even, a, even in a physical manner, that you would hold whatever it is, whatever that's holding you back from a deeper, more vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ, that you would hold it in your hands and you would even just physically just dump it out and say, listen, God, okay, now I'm available. Would you fill me? Would you fill me this morning? God, there's many times even in my own life, Lord Jesus, where I allow busyness to crowd out the voice of your Holy Spirit. And God, today I empty myself of all of that busyness, all of the distraction, all of the things. I don't want that stuff anymore, God. I don't want all of those things to just monopolize my time. God, I want to be filled with you. Would you fill me today, God? Guys, let's just continue to worship the Lord. I encourage you, just begin to dump those things out that, that is hindering a full filling of the Holy Spirit. God might even ask something big of you. You may have something that is, that is continual in your life that you would say, you know what, God, after today, I'm done with this, and you just dump it out and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to fill all of those areas. Lord, we worship you. just be quiet before the Lord for just a minute. feel like God just really positioned this message for kind of an odd message right before Christmas. But I really feel like the, the Holy Spirit is longing to use each person in this room in a special way during this season of opportunity. That God wants to you to have a supernatural power that you have never sensed before to be his witnesses to wherever you're going to be over the next two weeks that God would use you to proclaim the goodness of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ 
Father, our heart's desire this morning is to be filled with you, to be filled to overflowing. Holy Spirit, we invite you into our lives on a continual basis that our lives would feel and sense the steady stream of the Spirit flowing. God, we just know that you are longing to pour into us more than we would even ask. But God, today we've taken time to just ask and to open our hearts up to you. This morning, God, we just ask that, Father, you would continue the things that you've started an ongoing filling, Lord Jesus, as we leave this place, as we walk and keep in step with the Holy Spirit in everything that we do, God, we pray that, Lord, your Spirit would saturate our hearts, that, God, we would be overflowing with the presence of you on an ongoing basis, that we would open our lives, that we would be sensitive to your Spirit at all times. God, we thank you for the opportunity that you give us, Lord, during this Christmas season, Father, to to reach into people's lives and share the true meaning of who you are and how much you love us. So God, we pray that we would be the witnesses that are full of power, full of the Holy Spirit, and overflowing into the lives of others. That God, you would use each person in this room. God, to further your kingdom wherever they would go. That, God, they would spread the light and love of Jesus Christ throughout this region and ultimately throughout this world. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, I trust that God touched your heart in a special way today. I just encourage you guys, be the light and love of Jesus Christ with every action and every word over this Christmas season to every person that you come in contact with. Lord bless you guys. Lord bless you. Have a Merry Christmas. If you can be here Christmas Eve, 5 o'clock, we'd love to have you. It's going to be a wonderful time together. Lord bless you guys.